Okay, well, this short little video is really designed for those of us who are leading worship or particularly for those who are just learning or beginning to lead worship uh, in our church, maybe on a Sunday or maybe in another setting, maybe Friday nights with the young people or, or some other setting where you're doing this. And we just thought it'd be great to put down some thoughts uh, and some tips about what to think about and what to do when you lead people in a time of worship. I think, first of all, I just want to say there is no formula to leading um, people in worship successfully. And obviously, it's very difficult to define what successful time is, other than what we're trying to do is serve people really well so that in the midst of singing and people reading scripture, people encounter God. Um, but there is no formula. And uh, that's because obviously what we're doing here is not like a normal, this is not a kind of regular thing that's happening. We're dealing with people in front of us who you know, are going to respond humanly in different situations. We're dealing with a band and trying to lead them. And we're also trying to hear God and God's going to do a supernatural thing in the room. So we're not in charge of this whole dynamic, which means that we can't uh, plan everything to work a certain way. Um, we want to listen to him and respond, but we also want to lead both the team and the congregation as best as we can. So there's no formula, but there are certain principles that we think if you follow them, generally it's going to uh, give you a good chance of serving people really well, which is the best thing we can do. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how you prepare. I want to talk about how you start a time of worship and the crucial, that's a kind of crucial moment, and also just things to think about in the midst of worship. Um, so firstly, just like how you prepare. Just an obvious thing to say, it's really good to prepare well. So give yourself some time leading up to when you're going to lead worship. Um, to think about songs, think about how you're going to start, uh, what songs you're going to choose, give yourself time to pray, um, and just prepare well and communicate with your team. If you have a band, communicate with them in good time so they have a chance to look at the songs. Um, so avoid sending your song list to musicians two or three hours before we play. Um, you need to be sending it two or three days before. Okay, so prepare well, that really, really helps. Think through things like, if you've never led worship before or if it's still early days, people often struggle with, how do I signal to the band? So those are the things you wanna learn during rehearsals, just so you kind of learn how to uh, ask a band to repeat a section of a song, how you ask a band to play quieter, how you tell the band we're gonna stop. And those are signals, generally we have signals that we all use, but those are the kind of things you have to learn how to use because you want to make them as subtle as possible in the moment um, because you want to be as, you know, people, you don't want to draw attention to yourself and what you're doing. Actually, in the, although you're leading worship, you don't want, you want people to get lost in the moment rather than suddenly become aware they're watching you tell the band to stop or quieten down. So just learn the signals because that can really help the sense of flow in worship. Human physical things can affect a spiritual dynamic and what's happening. So think about things like that. And then just think really carefully about song choice. Um, there's a whole range of things we would, could say about this, but I would just say, uh, think about the balance between new songs and known songs. So on the whole, you don't want loads of new songs. Or, you know, probably normally I'd only use one really uh, new song in a set list. And if you're new to leading worship, often it would be appropriate for someone else already to have led with that song. So don't fill your set list with new songs that the congregation don't know. You're going to find that hard. But you might want to have one new song in there 
and you want to surround it with other songs which they are more familiar with. Think uh, in terms of um, what song you're going to use at the start. We'll talk about that in a moment. And, and just think about a range of songs in terms of style. We like, because our church is diverse, we like to have a range of styles of music in our songs. So don't just choose songs that are just one type of music. Try and broaden that, even if it's not naturally your natural preference. This is about serving a whole bunch of people who may have different preferences to you. So broaden it away from one style of song and style of music. And think about songs that allow you to go different routes in the worship time. Now, if you're really new to leading worship, probably what will happen is uh, you might have a, a list of seven or eight songs, and those five, six, first five or six songs are the songs you use, and that's fine. You're going to probably set, stick to what you've planned fairly carefully on the whole because it's new. But the more experience you get, the more freedom you often get to kind of depart from that. And um, I sometimes upset our projectionists by choosing songs completely on the hoof as we go. But often for me what happens is, you know, the first two or three songs are songs I've already chosen, but then we get to a certain point in worship where someone might read a bit of scripture or a prophetic word may come and it's like it changes the direction of where we are in worship. And as a worship leader, ideally you want to be able to respond to that. So often in, when you choose your songs beforehand, it's really helpful to have songs which allow you to travel in different directions. Something which is maybe takes you on a more kind of adoration or intimacy kind of route. Maybe a song, a different song which is more about mission or a different song which is more about uh, you know, encountering the spirit. Or There's a whole range of, if you like, avenues or tracks you could go down and you want songs that allow you to do that. So think, Think that as well in terms of your song choice. So preparing is really important. And just also lastly to say, um, this is something you need to do in dialogue with someone who's senior on your site or in your worship team. But if there's been a particular event in the life of the church in that last week or in the life of the nation or the city, um, which means maybe it's been a sad week or things that happen which are shocking, that probably will affect our song choice as well. So be aware of that and then have some dialogue and talk to people about, well, what song would be appropriate to start with? But prepare well. I would say starting well is really important when we lead worship. The first things we say are important. And that, one of the reasons for that is because uh, no one will say this to you, but people in the congregation are needing to trust you when you lead worship. It's quite a, a, it's, in some sense, it's quite a strange thing to stand up and sing together. We don't often do that in any other part of life other than maybe at football grounds and school assemblies but so what we do on a Sunday is quite unusual and for people to do that they need to feel confident that they can trust you and trust the band that you know it's, this is going to work and so for when you and I stand up we want to bring a sense of assurance that it's okay and particularly if we're new to leading worship people are kind of they've never heard us lead worship so we want to bring a sense of confidence um, First things we say, so think carefully about how you're going to start. What are you going to say? Are you going to read scripture? Are you going to pray? Try and make it confident, brief. Or are you, what you're going to do is go, let's stand, let's worship. We're going to use a song. And then after the first song, when maybe a whole bunch of other people have turned up, you may want to pray then or read a scripture then. But think about that moment. Think about bringing confidence and assurance uh, think about stirring faith. I think it's really good just to remind people why we're together. I will often just say things, it's great to be together. The promise of scripture is as we come to God 
and draw near to him, he draws near to us. And I just remind people what they already know, but often what we kind of forget, that we're in the room for him and he's here. And so do things that stir people's faith as well. So how you start is important. And just avoid doing things that, you know, you may be thinking, oh, there aren't enough people in the room and it might be in your mind, but it's probably a good thing not to tell everybody that. So I would avoid saying things like, I'm sure other people will show up soon or, you know, all those kind of things. Just avoid that because that just makes people aware of, oh, gosh, lots of people aren't here yet. And that probably doesn't help you or help them. So start well. And I would just say, first song you use, pick a song that's known, that the band can really deliver. Um, and start, start, start well, both in what you say and what you play. And also just to say, when you do choose your songs, think about the band you have and choose songs you know your band can deliver and play. Um, that's really important. You can pick an amazing list of songs, but if the band can't play them, it's probably gonna be a real struggle for everybody, including you. So if you have to be more conservative about your song choice because the band is not so strong, then do that, you will serve people better. So that's how you uh, prepare and that's how you start. Just in the midst of worship, uh, think a little bit about worship. I often think of worship as a journey. Um, again, there's no set journey, but if you think of a, a conversation with you know, someone you love, often a good conversation will take a whole range of different directions. And that is often what's happening in worship. Psalm 95 is an example of a type of journey it says, you know, it talks about come and praising and thanksgiving, and then it talks about declaration, who God is, and then it talks about adoration, that we bow down, and then there's something prophetic that comes, and often we journey through worship in that way. And so think about songs which are full of praise, full of thanksgiving, full of declaration, uh, and songs which are full of adoration, and how we relate to God differently using different types of songs. And just, if you like, have a diet of those different songs, you know, in your song choice. And generally, we suggest that we think it's good to start with songs which help us think about who he is and thank him for who he is, rather than songs that talk about who we are. So it's not that it's wrong always to have songs that are more talking about what God has done in our lives or that are more intimate, but often to stir faith and to build a bigger picture of who he is and start there and thank him for who he is, often means that when, if you do move into a time of worship which is more intimate, it's even more powerful because you're aware of who it is who's come close to you and you've built a bigger picture of who he is. So in the midst of worship, I'd say as a worship leader, uh, when you lead worship, don't panic. Sometimes you can lead worship and you can lead from the first couple of songs and something's not quite worked well or the song didn't end right or people just aren't really responding and it's really easy to panic at that point and feel like you have to make it happen actually i want to say you don't have to make this happen not everything is riding on this god is still in control um, you know you don't need to try and force this thing to happen and sometimes all people need is a bit more time all they need is another song sometimes having a song you know is popular i have one or two songs that I'm pretty certain are right in the history of the church, they're easy to play, and I'm pretty certain that's, it's not working, I'm gonna to go to that song just to help people get in and engage, and just to give them more time. People come to worship, like you and I, 
and we're often distracted by a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe it's been raining, maybe their kids are really sad because they've dropped them off in the crash and they didn't want to be left, whatever it is. And they're distracted and it takes a while for them to engage with what's happening. So as a worship leaders, we just need to give them enough time sometimes and actually enough time and you'll find people will engage because God's good. And the truth of the words they're singing, start to, they start to kind of taste them again to, for what they are in their hearts as they worship. So give people time. Um, when you lead worship, we think it's really important that we don't tell people to worship, but we invite them to worship. And um, they're quite subtle, the difference between those two, but you can tell the difference when a worship leader basically is almost like pushing the congregation to engage. Often what that means is people will just don't want to engage. But if you can invite people, say, let's worship him, he's really good, let's stand together, that's a completely different tone. So when we lead worship, we invite people, we encourage them, but we don't tell them. Um, we just want to encourage that to happen. Look for momentum and flow in your worship times. Um, so again, this is a difficult quality to define, but you can tell when people are engaging and people are standing and people are lifting their hands and there's a sense of momentum in the worship. And as that happens, I think the, the way in which you and I lead needs to change. So I often think about, uh, like I said, worship as a journey. And you imagine if you're driving a, a car or a big truck or something. When you start that, you have to stick your foot on the accelerator. You have to go through the gears to get some acceleration. And as the worship leader at the start, often you are more visible and more vocal at the start. You're getting some acceleration. You're leading people in. But if you get momentum in a time of worship and people are just in and it's going, your role shifts and changes. You need to drift away from being so obvious and so visible and so vocal. You don't need to keep revving the engine, in other words. You don't need to keep exalting people because they're in. Um, actually, what your job is to do is to become less visible and less noticeable. And, you know, when you drive a car and you've got lots of momentum in your car, you just, often you're just steering. And that's what happens as a worship leader. If it really has momentum at that point, you can just steer. You steer by this choice, this prayer, just nice, subtle ways of leading which allow people to forget that you're there and you are helping people engage with who he is. So just look for momentum and flow and look for contributions which generate that. Um, often you'll have someone anchoring the meeting for you and they will be fielding someone bringing a prophetic word or reading scripture or praying out. And that's all great. But what you really want in those moments is you want people to bring something, maybe a reading or a prophetic word, which, if you like, fuels worship and, and fuels the wave that you're surfing or helps build the momentum of the worship rather than somehow stops it. So often, I think in the midst of worship, you're looking for contributions which open up a bigger picture of who God is. Uh, certainly in that first part of worship, more than necessarily a prophetic word of knowledge about a one situation in someone's life. That's a very appropriate word, but the timing of that might come later because that brings attention back to us. So you're looking for contributions which help flow and stir worship rather than necessarily bringing attention right back down to us. And sometimes we will bring those kind of words later in a worship time or maybe at the end of a worship time or maybe after a, a preach. That is a whole other subject. And then the last thing I'd say is, um, I think it's really inspiring when a band and a worship leader and vocalists are clearly engaged in worship and then clearly enjoying what they do. So I would just say, in the midst of kind of 
sometimes the nervousness of leading worship, particularly when you're new to doing it, you can feel very aware um, and you can visibly look pretty like focused. And so as much as possible, learn just to relax a little bit and to enjoy it. Uh, we are for you, so even if it's not the greatest time of worship ever, don't worry. You just do your best, serve people well, and you'll learn and grow. And enjoy being in the midst of worship because people will find that very inspiring to see other people enjoying God. Okay, I hope that's helpful. And um, yeah, I hope it goes really well.